I'm only here to introduce the next panel, which I'm very excited about. So as we discussed, there are married folks, there are single folks, all of us in the black love community, and we're also a community. We're here to support each other, to help each other. And so one of the ways this, this summit that I had hoped to really talk about dating, but also make sure it's, it's for all of us, was to include a matchmaker. So I want to introduce a couple of folks. So, and y'all come out in whatever order y'all want to come out, because I, I want to talk about everybody. Actually, I'll introduce Devin last. So we have two couples, one which was just canoodling in the back there. Bree, Brianna, and Devin, different Devin than our matchmaker, who have been dating for three years. They are now engaged. Well, let me be clear. They met on a dating app. They dated for however long until they moved in together. I won't say when, maybe they don't want to say. They got a dog, and then they got engaged, and they're adorable, and they be canoodling, and I just wanted to invite them here to talk about really that side of life. It's 2021, y'all, get on dating apps, be like Bree and Devin, and get engaged, come on. <laughs> then, <laughs> we also have another couple that I absolutely love, pick whatever you want. Um, Anthony and Melanie Clark, who were on season four of Black Love. Okay, bring the beat in. Okay. Um, who have been canoodling over there for 30 years. <laughs> really, they are, they are the most adorable. This is my opinion. Y'all see for yourselves. But they are a happy couple who have been together over 30 years, met, and I wrote it in the description, so I'm going to say it in front of you, and hooked up on the first night, Ooh. it happened. And, and they dated, <laughs> yes, they ain't shame, and I love it. The point is there's no one way, and that's why we're here. And that we have to remember that it doesn't stop when we get engaged, right? Like, dating is, it's, this, the marriage is the longest date. That's what they say. So then we have Devin Simone, who is a professional matchmaker and TV host. And if you go to devinondating.com, and that is all the single folks as well as the married folks who want to help out our single friends. Okay, mama, whose daughter you know who we talking about? My best friend. Um, you know, devinondating.com, and you can enter the dating pool for her company, Three Day Rule. And you can also get a free consultation for a matchmaker. I'm going to get out of the way. <laughs> Y'all, devinondating.com. That's Devin with a Y. Devin with a Y. Boom. Hello, everyone. Hello. So nice to meet and see you all. I'm so excited to be here with uh, these fabulous couples. I can't wait to get into you guys' stories. And then we'll do a little Q&A. So if you guys have questions that you want to know, um, I want to give you guys a chance to answer them. The, the purpose, I think, of this meeting is to see how two beautiful couples have come together They've done it their own way. I think it's important to keep in mind that creating a healthy relationship, it's kind of like building a cake, right? Like what you like in your cake may be different than what somebody else likes in theirs. So you take your own ingredients, mix it up and make it how you want. So these couples have agreed to share how they've made it work and hopefully it'll be inspiring to you guys. So um, first, why don't we start over here and then we'll kind of do a little back and forth. So I know you guys' love is long, right? Real long. <laughs> For those who don't know, can you give us a little insight into, you know, an overview of your story? Because it wasn't a straight line, correct? Like it was a little back and forth. So why don't you share that with us? 
Um, yes, our, you know, we started out, we had amazing chemistry, which is what everybody always talks about, which is why we hooked up on the first night. <laughs> but I want to say we were grown. Uh, we both had been married before. We were not very grown. We were like, what, 20? 20, 25. 25, yeah. 25. We were 25. Still babies. Yes. Yeah. Um, and we just were really attracted to each other. And honestly, the attraction wasn't just physical. It was the conversation that we had. We, I, I can't speak for Anthony, but I fell in love because of that conversation. It was just about spirituality and energy, and it was fire. And so that just really is the foundation that we started on, and honestly, that's the foundation that's kept us together the last 30 years, so. Do you feel that conversation, because you mentioned this piece, chemistry, which is something yes. that I hear all the time clients saying, I want in a match, I want chemistry, but it's something yes. you guys kind of create together. Yes. Do you feel like that conversation, or can you share some insight into that conversation that created that chemistry that you felt was unlike anything else? Absolutely. Do you want to take that? Sure. Well, first, let me start by saying that we had both got married really young to, to other people. And in that relationship, we did everything, quote unquote, the traditional way. And like most people, it didn't work. So after that marriage ended, we both left that marriage feeling like, you know what, I want to find love again, but I don't want to settle. I don't just want a partner, I want a soulmate. I don't just want a relationship, I want bliss. And if I can't have that, I'd rather be single and happy by myself. So when we met, we both had that perspective. So we didn't have time to play games. I knew what I wanted, and because I was a match to what I wanted, and I put a lot of work into me being the best me possible, so that when I ran across that person, I could immediately identify her. And so when we met that first night, first of all, she offered to buy me a drink, which I loved because I wanted a woman that was a go-getter a ride or die that had the courage to go after what she wanted. She went after you. Yes, and that was like, okay, I like that. Then when we sat down and we talked all night long, this is 30 years ago, we talked about spirituality. We talked about higher consciousness. We talked about so many deep subjects in a nightclub. We didn't even dance. Wow. And so that was the chemistry. We, we immediately identified it. And so, um, go and ahead. I just want to say, I tried to be good when he said, I'm going home, you coming? I was like, well, you know, um, I just met you, and... and <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you tried. I tried. But, but even that was beautiful, because when you're dating, my perspective was, you have to be true to you. Mm -hmm. I'm not everybody else, but I'm me, and I'm going to be true to me. So I knew I wanted a woman that was, first of all, when it came to, this, came to sex, that she thought like me, that she was on my frequency. Because if there's no sexual connection for me, then it ain't gonna work. I need it all, I wanted bliss. And so when she went home with me that night, the chemistry was amazing. So maybe in other cases, some people might look and go, I'm gonna judge her for that. But I looked at that and it was like, chemistry, conversation, all the elements were there. So that for me, spiritually helped me to know that this very likely was the person for me. Mm -hmm. And let's talk to you two over here. Now, I don't know how many of you guys have seen, it's on Black Love's Instagram page, but the conversation that these two had on a dating app is hilarious, uh, but also quite good. Can you guys tell us a little bit about how, uh, Deb, we can start with you since you initiated okay. that quote. Uh, and tell them a little bit about that conversation. I'm trying to remember the quote. Uh, oh, I can pull it up if necessary. Don't. We can you you want to pull it up? Receive. Will you, yeah, am I loud? Yeah, yeah. Am I loud? Okay. I don't remember what I said. 
Y'all have to hear this because it is it's too cute. So uh, they met on a dating app and uh, Devin slid over uh, into Bree and he said, quote, good girls are found on every corner of the earth, but unfortunately the earth is round. End quote, Martin Luther King Jr. <laughs> Okay. I thought he said that. Uh, and Bree, <laughs> oh, you said, I mean, <sighs> mm-hmm. uh, Bree, do you remember what your response was? <laughs> I know when I fir- first off, I wasn't on that app that often until I arrived. And I was like, hey, you know, you, who, you guys are on apps. I know some of y'all are on apps. And it's just like, hey, 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 <laughs> hi. And then all of a sudden it's like, good girls are found on every corner of the earth. And it's like, shoot, well, did Martin Luther King really say that? You know, you know. Just- That's what she actually said back, by the way, is did MLK really say that? And then she said cold-blooded. And then Devin's response was, yes, history books don't teach that. I learned it in the, in street. the streets. In the streets. I learned in the streets. That's exactly where I learned it. Now I remember. Okay, it's all coming back to me. Yeah, you keep reading. I like it. It works. So how this? I'm gonna read through the conversation for you guys. Are you cool with that? And then we can ask them about it. Okay. So then Bree responded, "You are full of poop emoji." LMAO. And Dev responded, "At times I am." He knows himself. But you low key believed it, huh? She responded, "LOL, nah. Emma like Martin Luther King and I are like this." And he responded, "Okay, now." You're giving me BS. That this whole conversation is full of BS. This may be your fault. So uh, Bree waited a minute to respond to that. I was getting nervous. And then Bree hit him with the quote: "Good girls are found on every corner of the earth, but unfortunately, the earth is round." John the Baptist. You you really just copy what I said. It was just. <laughs> and he said, "John the Baptist? Question mark. You're too much." Uh, then he hit him with, we're almost done, he hit Brie with, quote, if she exchanges many quotes with you, she has to go on a date with you, for thou is the way the world was made. The 11th commandment. Yeah. (laughs) And then Brie hit him with, thou shall not refuse date proposals from men who know the 11th commandment. (laughs) 12th commandment. And then... Hit her with, and God saw that this date was good. Genesis. And then he ended with amen, and Bree said, praise him. And now they're here. Now they're here. So, uh, can you tell us about the thought, Deb, what was your thinking going into that first uh, disputed Martin Luther King quote? Man, I, I was at work, and <laughs> I was with a co-worker, and we were, like, hanging out in the cubicle, and I was like, oh, like, she looks, she's really cute. Like, I have no idea what I want to say to her. And she was just like, just say something random. It'll work. Whatever you do, don't say hey or hi or, you know, just, just do something crazy. Take notes. So, say hey or hi. So I was like, well, let me do, like, a random quote. So I went on Google and just looked for quotes. And I was like, I feel like this would be kind of funny if I just said Martin Luther King said it. And I just ran with it. And then I went on, like, I'm in consulting, so I went on a trip right after that. I was like, I'm not going to look at this phone. It is what it is. She responds, like, what, two, three days later? 
I was like, I probably lost this one. It's fine. We'll just, we'll just keep swiping. Yeah, we'll, we'll see where that goes. And she finally responded, and we just sort of just hit it off. So it, it worked out. Yeah. And so tell us a little bit about your love story up until this point. I know Cody mentioned it, but uh, yours, Brie, you had shared with me earlier that there were some things you did differently this time around. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, I love our swipe story. I can't believe that we made it to I do from a dating app, but I can't stress enough that the dating app was literally just like the smallest start, you know? Like that's just the intro to all of the work that has to come after. And um, I had, so I'm a words of affirmations girl, anyone? <laughs> Amen, right? Okay, well, um, in my past, words of affirmations as a love language kinda hurt me a bit on the other end because when you want words, someone can just give them to you, you know? And they can tell you all the things you wanna hear, they can make you feel all the feels, and then all of a sudden, when those words aren't met with action, or over time, you realize that the words that they said or the words that you said, God forbid, could no longer be met with action, then you're like, wait, do I love this person? Or did I just get so enamored by all these words that I said and they said that now I am, I'm beholden to the words that I promised them, right? So I had had a couple relationships prior to Devin, mm -hmm. you're my third, and my last, so praise the Lord, <laughs> praise him. Um, but, you know, my previous relationship before him, I had, you know, said the L word a little too early, and then you start to get to know the things that take time to know, and then you're like, I don't, love to me is an action, right? It's a feeling, kind of, but then it's an action. Once you get past all those feelings, you have to do love. And so once I started to understand that, uh-oh, I just said love to someone that I didn't know because those words felt so good, uh, then, then, then things started to get a little shaky, right? So when Devin and I met, I was bound and determined to not do that again. And so we dated well, I don't know, what do, these, what, what do we kids say now? Talked, what do we say? <laughs> We're not that old. <laughs> what do you say, what do you kids say nowadays? I said we kids, because you know dated, you know dated's like, you know. We talked, we went on dates for six months, which felt like an eternity for uh -huh. me, compared to being like, I love you, in like two weeks, you know? But I was like, I'm not doing that. I'm gonna understand who this man is before I say anything, but I don't know how he felt. I do know how he felt. I was that. ready in two months. <laughs> so cute. Yeah. Uh, I think this is an interesting sort of sample of what I was talking about earlier about the cake, right? Like their cake is beautiful and I bet delicious, 
and their cake is beautiful and delicious. And so whatever it is, I think it's important to, whether you're already in your love journey with your partner or whether you're looking for that person to remember, like friends give great advice and they love you and they mean well, but y'all are creating a cake together, you and the other person, so you have to do it your own way. And you have to do that by knowing yourself. So Brie knew herself and said, I have a tendency to rush into things, I'ma back up a bit. Right? Whereas you were sort of like, I know myself, I know what I've been through, so I'm gonna put it all out there in, in the jump. So you guys are in the club, musing, yelling, dur, 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 happening, and y'all are just like in it with, you know, life conversation. And it's very different, but, you know, both meaningful. I wanna chat a little bit about what it looks like keeping the courtship going, because it's been said that marriage is the longest date, right? And I think sometimes people get on this destination about I wanna get married, I wanna have this partnership, and certainly our society celebrates that. Like, oh, are you single or are you not? Like, oh, are you? And so I wanna hear from each of you what you guys have been doing or what you found to um, you know, keep that date going and that courtship on both sides. I mean, I know you're very romantic, so I know you have a tattoo. Uh huh. Yes, I do. <laughs> yes, you have a. T- if you haven't seen that story, you need to go to the Black Love's Instagram account. It's very. Yes, fun. you do. It's Where, a, it's... Where's the tattoo, though? <laughs> yes, ma'am. It's on my bum. On her booty. And what does the tattoo say? Anthony. Uh huh. And what's the man sitting next I'm, to you's I'm name? <laughs> it's a really great story. You guys should definitely go watch it. But what are some things that you guys have found or lessons you've learned in trying to keep the courtship alive? as you've been married all these years? You know, um, for me, Anthony is my best friend. And I know everybody says that, but we just love all the same things. We love being together. We like talking about the same things. And that initial attraction that I went for, I'm really glad I went for it because 30 years later, I'm still really attracted to him. He can make me so mad. And then I'll be like, God, you're so cute. Man, all right. But when I say he's my best friend, we're, so this is about dating with intention, right? Mm-hmm. So like Anthony said, we had both been married to other people before we met each other. And what we found in those relationships was we didn't feel loved and adored. We felt criticized and told we weren't enough and we weren't doing it right and it wasn't good enough. And so we went into dating with, our intention was to find someone that we could adore and that would adore us back. And we both had that intention. And that is what we have. I adore Anthony. Like, I mean, I could cry. I've been with him for 30 years and I adore him. I agree. And when we, like I said earlier, when we met, we weren't trying to settle, we wanted bliss but we knew that we had to create a roadmap to that. It's not gonna just come to us, we have to create it. And so what we realized is that, first of all, as much as we are in love, and literally still passionately in love, I'm still madly in love with this woman. We grow closer and more in love over time, where most couples grow apart over time. And one of the keys to our success is that even though we love each other, she does not complete me, nor do I complete her. It's not my job to complete her, nor is it possible. Same thing with her. It's my job to come in a relationship being self-fulfilled, to be the best me. Constantly growing, constantly expanding, constantly, you know, loving myself. And then it's her job to do that over there. So when you get two people together that are self-fulfilled, it's easy to build a great relationship on top of that. And so once you're self-fulfilled like that now, when we 
from there, we want to hang out with each other. We want to do things together. We're always growing together. We're always, let's go explore this. Let's have this adventure. And so it keeps the relationship interesting because we're interested, keeps ourselves interested in ourselves. Can you give an example of a time, each of you, and then I'm going to ask you guys the same thing, where maybe you, you didn't want to do it, and it could be small, but a moment in which you intentionally showed up for your partner or put your partner first as a part of that bigger picture of, of creating love and passion and supporting. Meaning maybe you were tired after work and you really wanted to go home, but you passed by you know, your wife's favorite restaurant. You're like, let me surprise her. Like that thing where you really, you could have not done it. It probably would have been okay, but you did it anyway to put in that extra effort for your partner. Can you give, we'll start with you, Anthony. Always. Gonna say every day. Every day. Every day. <laughs> give some examples. What? Give us an example, please. Um, if I'm one of my love languages, mine is acts of service, mm -hmm. and that's how I show how. If I if I'm feeling you, if I'm loving you, if you're my people, I'm gonna do anything for you. That's how I show you that I love you. So if I'm if I'm in the bathroom and I'm leaving the bathroom and I'm like, you want me to run a bath for you? Well, I'll just run a bath for her. Um, if I go out, I always think of her. Whether I buy something to eat, whether. It's like impossible for me not to, you know what I'm saying? This is my best friend. This is, this is like an extension of me. So I'm going to love her the way I love me, and I love me a lot. <laughs> so I'm always thinking of her. Yeah. She's doing that for me, too. So we don't got to look out for ourselves because we're always looking out for each other. Mm -hmm. yeah. mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I love that. Um, I'll give a big example. One of the things that made me fall in love with Anthony is that he's a big thinker and he has depth, and he's a dreamer, and he always has, he's always had big dreams, and he's like, let's try this. And I'm a little bit more conservative, so I always have to like stretch myself to go along with him. And one of the things recently, about three years ago, he said, let's move to Africa, let's move to Ghana. And he had been researching and studying it and talking about it every day, and I said, okay. And that was huge. It was huge to say I'd be willing to do that. And we recently just took a trip and it was amazing. And I can definitely see myself retiring there. But just trusting him enough to say, you have a dream, you wanna go for something, I'll go with you. I do that every day with him. And it's not always easy, but I, I do it. I do it all the time. Go to Ghana, people. Go to Ghana. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's amazing. I think, you know, someone once told me that, or they made a comparison between friendships and romantic relationships. And they said, look, if your best friend got offered a job in Australia, what would your reaction be? You know, you, you'd miss your friend. You know, you'd be set, you're like, ah, oh, you're my dog. But you'd be like, yes, this is what you wanted. Go. I love you. I'm here. Like, I support you. Now, your significant other gets offered a job in Australia. What becomes the reaction usually? How does that affect me? I don't know when I go. I don't want to go to Ghana. I didn't see that. But our significant others are supposed to be our best friends, right? Like we're supposed to care about them. And so being intentional and trying to let go, it doesn't mean give up yourself, give up your hopes and dreams, but how can I support this journey for this person I love so much without just thinking about how it affects me and like what that releases in a relationship, whether it be the dating stage, the talking stage, as Bree said, uh, or in you know a marriage. Can you guys give an example of um, some ways in which you've put your partner first um, or things that you do consistently to, to um, build trust and support in your relationship? Yeah, um, so one of the things before Bree and I in my relationships that didn't work out. It was always around like communication. Like the takeaway was like, well, Devin, you always feel closed off, or I feel like you're not giving me everything in terms of like emotionally, right? So 
I didn't want to mess this up with Bree, so one of the things I said, well, let me create something actionable where I say, well, every Thursday we're going to do a check-in. You know, I may not be able to express myself every single day, but one day I'm going to give her everything that I've been feeling on that day, and we'll sit, we'll sit there and discuss it, right? So that's sort of my first step, and that's something that I think you've, been, you've really appreciated is just like, there's at least one day where we can really have like deep conversation. Not to say Monday through Wednesday, Friday and Saturday and Sunday we're not, but Thursday is going down, right? Yeah. So um, it's something that I am constantly mindful of and I'm constantly getting better about it because it's like an intentional step and it's there and I know it's coming around every week. So, you know, that's worked for us. Yeah, I mean, to that point, I think that that's been one of the most... Um, effective um, tools that we've used to build our relationship because I'm the absolute opposite that if I have an emotion it has to come out in that very moment like I have to say how I feel or I'm going to blow up like a balloon (laughs) and and creating this space where it's like you know what you don't have to say exactly how you feel in the exact moment that you feel it, if you still feel this on Thursday, then it's worth bringing up. If you're not even thinking about it on Thursday, then it's probably it probably wasn't worth it in the first place. And that has been so huge, so huge for us. Um, uh, also, on the opposite end, like sometimes there's a feeling that you don't that you can't say because you can't bring words to it quite, and it feels a bit crazy. You know, does anyone know what I'm saying? It's like those those secret beliefs that's I'm like with you. you're not alone. You know I hear what I'm you. saying? I hear you. It's like he don't really f with me. Like he just walked in. He didn't even say hi. What <laughs> is going on? You know, and it's like you have those secret thoughts that are like, I can. How can I bring that up? I'm gonna sound like an like a crazy person. You know, and so Thursdays are that day where it's like, how we doing? And it's like. I just don't know if you like me, you know, which is like, it sounds when you say it, it sounds like, oh, well, let, let's talk about this, you know? So Thursdays have been huge. I know that wasn't your question, but I just wanted to speak to that. It's been huge for Thank us. you, Brie. We wanted to know the inner workings of your thoughts. And we like you. Everyone up here, I think, just so you know, you can leave this. We very you are much not do. alone. Yeah, you know you what? were loved. You appreciated. <laughs> Um, we like you. What, what's another thing, though, because um, Devin gave an example of how he did something outside of his comfort zone to really support you in the relationship. What's something, Brie, outside of yours that you feel like you've done? It could be big or small to show your support to the relationship. Oh, yeah. Um, this, this one was really big for me and probably for you in ways you didn't know, but we, were, we dated for three years, and for the last year... I wanted to get engaged so badly. Yeah, yeah that's true. That's true. Like, I can't stress enough. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, like, <laughs> I don't know if this is exactly to your question, but I did a lot of work, trust work, to be like, look, if this is a man you actually want to marry, this should be a man that you actually trust, right? So you should trust that when he asks you, it's in the right time, when he's ready, and and like there's, you shouldn't doubt or pressure or push. And everything in me was like, doubt, pressure, 
push. And so whether or not you know it, I really, really, for the sake of you and me and us, was like, stop, you know? And that was really huge. And I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't even, I don't Good know job, if we be here. We are proud of you for, for holding, give Brie a round of applause. We are proud of you for holding, you know, managing your feelings and your expectations in that moment. Look at Deb's face. I feel like his face just says it all. <laughs> it's both love and both, what did I get myself into? I feel like that's a mix of, the, of, the, of the, what we're seeing there. Um, so before I open it up to questions, you know, again, and just pointing out the similarities of these two beautiful couples and the differences. The similarity is that their story and their origin stories are both very different and that they didn't follow sort of what we've been sold as a society, as a culture of like how it has to be. I can't tell you how many singles I see. I've interviewed over 2,000 singles at this point. You know, the matchmaking company I'm with, we've been around for 11 years. And how many people stay single because they're beholden to what they think the perfect idea is, whether it be that person on paper, whether it be how you meet him. I can't go up to him first and offer him a drink. I can't meet someone on a dating app. I can't use a matchmaker. I can't do whatever because of this idea they think they have, and that's actually what's keeping them single. And I had a conversation with a friend of mine. Um, I don't know if you guys ever watched a show back in the day called What Not to Wear. And so there were two hosts on it, Clinton Kelly. Um, he's a dear friend of mine. And we were having a conversation one day. And he was like, look, you know, so he's a gay man. And he was saying this as he's like, you know, I feel really bad, actually, for a lot of my straight friends. He's like, particularly the women, because there is this idea of what we have to follow. We have to get married and want to get married. We have to have kids. This is how we have to meet them. This is in the time we have to do it. And we get like so stuck. And he's like, look, as a gay man, I blew all that up. So I get to write my own story. And, and he's like, take the book and throw it away. Light it on fire. You don't have to have your whole story planned out. You can write each page every single day. And even though it's yes. something we all know consciously, like that conversation was so meaningful and so powerful. And it applies whether you're single or in a relationship. It goes back to that sort of cake analogy of like, when you are together as a couple, if you guys want to date for a long time and get married, if you never want to get married, if you want to have kids, if you don't want to have kids, if you want a kid before you get married, whatever it is, Today, like, release the idea of how somebody thought you should do it and do it in the way that works for both of you. Now, you can't do it for just one, but in the way that works for both of you. And if you're not on the same page in how it works for both of you, then maybe it's time to reevaluate some things. But I think you guys have shown... Go ahead, Anthony. Right. No, you're absolutely right. And so I look, we look at it like, it's like your fingerprint. Nobody's ever had your fingerprint. Nobody ever will. Your fingerprint's unique. Likewise, your purpose and your way of doing things, if you're being authentic, is gonna be unique. So we're not here to fit in, we're here to stand out, if we're doing it the right way. So you have to have the courage to do, to follow your, your, own, um, your own path, but you have to get to know yourself first. And if you do that, a lot of people are afraid that, okay, if I do that, then I'm gonna scare this person off. But if you scare that person off by being who you re really are, you're doing your, both of you a favor because right. for one, that person is not the match for you. There's someone better for them. Right. And two, that person for you, you will attract them as long as you stay consistent in that energy. Right. So it's always, it'll work out at the end. And, and I just want to add to that. We, you know, we're coaches. So we see relationship as a luxury. You don't have to have it. You can live your life and be happy and be single and have children. You can do whatever you want. 
but a relationship, a marriage is a luxury, and we treat our luxuries very, very well. They're precious to us. And if you look at relationship as a luxury, first of all, it'll take away that feeling that so many single people have of what's wrong with me, I'm not doing it right, something's wrong. There's nothing wrong. Our world has changed and women, we work, we make our own money, so we're different, which means men have to be different. So it's a luxury, get excited about it, feel good about it, and don't beat yourself up because it doesn't come as quickly as you think it should or in the package that you think that it should because it's gonna come. It's gonna come. It's gonna come and you just have to know that. Um, that night when I met Anthony, the reason I, I offered to buy him a drink, I had seen him out a couple of times. And he was tall, and I'm tall. I'm 6'1", and he's 6'5", and I was like, that's the tallest man I've seen in the club. I need to go and get him. <laughs> like, all these girls could sit here and flip their hair all they want. I'm like, hi. <laughs> what does a guy do? And I had been told in dating, listen to this, I had been told, I had been dating other people, so many men told me, you're like a guy. You're too aggressive. You're too outgoing. You're too this. You're too that. So I just decided, well, if I'm like a guy, then I'm a date like a guy. So I was like, hey, can I buy you a drink? And it worked. I just embraced it instead of saying there's something wrong with me. Maybe I just have really powerful energy. Maybe I have a lot of masculine energy. Okay, I love me. Mm -hmm. So but I'm going to find a man that loves me. And look what he said. He loved that part right, of me. And what if she would have changed in order to front? Yeah. Then she would have blew that opportunity. We, we would have blew that opportunity. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Being authentic and I think being intentional, right? Like that, it comes back to that. But also, again, you guys, I want to emphasize, you're do, you both have done and are doing the work. Because yes. sometimes people will say, well, this is just how I am. But it's not, this is just how I am, I'm working to be the best version of me. It's, yeah. this is just how I am, I don't want to do any work, I'm lazy, and you should take me in that way. And that's not what you guys are saying. That's no. a different, yeah, that's a very different piece. What do you got, before we get to questions, do you guys have any, Bree, any... But last thoughts you want to share? In regards to authenticity, I think it's worth talking about our first date. Ooh, let's hear. <laughs> okay, so we went to Tequila in Hollywood, and he came up, he's, he works in healthcare, but our text messages were silly, funny, and he walks up like, skirt. <laughs> I was intimidated, <laughs> very intimidated, but even we went, aggressive. We went to tequila, so of course we, we indulged a bit. And I, I remember very specifically, after tequila, we went over to uh, Davy Wayne's, which is a secret bar. If you haven't been, you go through a refrigerator, and it's a bar. It's pretty cool. Right. So we go there. He also hadn't been there, so I felt very cool. I'm like, look at this refrigerator. Look what's inside. <laughs> oh, my God, am I cool? <laughs> yeah, I was trying really hard. But uh, <laughs> I'll never forget, he dared me to go into the middle of this dance circle. Mistake. That was a mistake. It was a mistake. Because he didn't know I'd have no qualms about being in the middle of a dance circle. And so, of course, I was like, okay, it's your turn. And he will not let me hear the end of it. It was apparently one of the worst moments of his life. <laughs> when he had to be in the middle of that dance circle. But I will never, I will never forget just like pulling out what had to be authentic in our first day. It's like so important to just be you. And I had spent a lot of time just being like, how can I be like a different, cooler version of me? <laughs> no, no, just dig in. And the person that like will actually like you, love you forever is gonna love 
that authentic version of you up front. So dance circle or no dance circle. Dance yes. circle. They're no gonna love circle. you. The person who is meant for you is fireproof. So when you are authentically doing yourself, it's fireproof. It's not gonna go anywhere. You can't scare them away. If you can scare them away, you know, if anyone's making you feel like you're too much, then they probably weren't enough. Um, questions. Does anyone have any questions for uh, our lovely couples? Let me go ahead. You right there. Do we have another mic or maybe? Anthony, can we share, can you share your mics? I don't know if we have another one. Thank you. Hi. 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 My name's Asa. I have a quick question for you guys. Um, so I'm currently being courted. Uh, I met a guy a few months ago. Uh, we're long distance. He's in New York. I'm here. Um, and my question for you guys are, sometimes we like allow our trauma from our previous relationships to, you know, affect our behavior. Mm -hmm. um, so how do you, when you like feel like you've met that person, how do you keep that trauma from, you know, affecting that relationship when they're trying to love you and care for you and really show you that they're serious? So, mm -hmm. just wanted to. That's a great question. That's do you guys. Is that for us? Well, yeah. Any, mm. Okay, you guys, and then you guys answer that. Okay. Um, I'd say start with being honest about your trauma and be vulnerable. Because then if your partner, if, you don't, if you're not vulnerable and you're not honest, when you flip out, they're going to take it way differently than if you're going, this is what I experienced. Um, I, mean, I feel bad about it or whatever how you feel about it. But once you're being vulnerable and that person knows what you're going through, then they'll have more patience and tolerance. And um, they won't cut bait and run as quickly. So I'd recommend being honest first. And I would just ask, I would add to that, Start your self-work. If you know you've had trauma, see a therapist, get a coach, and start working on it. It's your responsibility to clear up that trauma. You want to communicate it and be vulnerable, but it's your job to work on it. That's the self-fulfillment part Anthony was talking about. Like, we can't expect other people to come and heal us. It's our job to heal ourselves and show up healed in our relationships. And by healing yourself, by doing that work, we always say your success is in your mess. That thing that you feel so bad about, that's so horrible, that you want to run away from, you want to hide, by facing that, by embracing that, it, on the other side of it, you're going to come out better. And so don't run from it. Be, embrace it. And good luck. Yeah. And what about you guys? Do you have any? No, I, I agree with Anthony. Like, being honest and just being brave. Like, I know in prior relationships, one of the things was me just being closed off. So I was just like, free. This is kind of who I am. And I'm working to correct that, can you work with me on this, right? So just, just being forward, putting yourself out there, and like you said, being vulnerable, yeah. 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 Thank you for that question and good luck, by the way. Uh, anyone else have any questions? We have one over here. She'll bring you the mic. Hi, um, I just wanna ask, how do you mature in your sexual relationship and is there any taboos that you've explored? With detail. What was the quote? What's the <laughs> and wait, 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 with detail? I don't know how many details. <laughs> but what's the question? Can we have it? They wanted to know the the question clearly. How do you know what in the sexual relationship? Like what exactly? Are how you? do you mature? How have you matured in your sexual relationship? And is there any taboos that you've explored? Oh wow! Oh, you guys are welcome okay. to share whatever. I mean, this just got hot real quick. <laughs> All right. All right. Wants to take it first, Brie. I let Brie take it first. My mom might be watching this stream. My daughter's she in the room. <laughs> she asked she me what the link was. We're going to our no, house. Next I week. actually do have something. Right. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see her on Thursday. <laughs> it's her birthday. Oh, Jesus. I know. 
Praise him. All right. Um, and no, there is actually something that I have felt that was powerful recently. So I grew up in church, um, very faithful family. I have n absolutely negative zero words to say about their faith, but I don't subscribe to it any longer. Um, but what I noticed after we got engaged is that our sexual relationship changed drastically because I had been holding a lot of shame towards sex because of my upbringing. I'm seeing nods. <laughs> Perhaps maybe some of you understand. It's not, I, you know, I was raised that I needed to be a virgin for my husband, and if I wasn't, then I was wrong for my husband, you know, or I was damaged, or I was, oops, didn't mean to get emotional, but like, you know, you're saving yourself for the one, you know? And so once that was out the window, I was like, okay, well, whoever I end up marrying is not going to love me like a virgin should be loved, <laughs> you know? So it was actually really powerful after we got engaged to feel this, like, freedom and this, like, um, what's the opposite of shame? <laughs> I don't know, freedom. <laughs> um, but it was like this dark shame had been, like, lifted because I didn't have to, like, worry about ruining anything. So I don't know if taboo is quite the answer to your question, but from a sexual standpoint, like, it just felt good to just, it still feels in a lot of ways. <laughs> to, just, <laughs> to just like know that, you know, you are going to be my husband and um, I don't have to feel that anymore. That's beautiful. Thank you for sharing that, Brie. That's so beautiful. That really is. And what about you guys? I might get us in trouble again. I got us in trouble the last time. Um, let's see, how has our sex life changed? Well, we've been together 30 years. So what I've noticed, and I did not know this before I was in this long of a relationship, your sexuality, the way you feel about yourself changes. And what you derive pleasure from changes. So you have to constantly have conversation about, like, that don't do it for me anymore. I need this now. Um, but <laughs> you have to, you have to know yourself really well to be able to have those conversations because it's really easy in a relationship to just say, you're not doing it for me, but how can they do it for you if you don't know what it is? So, um, with that being said, that's one thing that I really noticed and Anthony and I are, are great at communicating. We could talk about anything. He's seen me have a baby, so he's been and seen and done everything with me. Uh, we take care of each other. And then when it comes to taboo stuff, like, yeah, sure, but uh, my daughter's in the room, so we're not going to get really into a lot of that. Um, you're welcome. <laughs> um, but I will just say this. When you, when you love and trust someone, you, are, you feel very free to explore 
and in exploring, it just builds a stronger foundation and you find what works for both of you. And then all things don't work for both of you. We've tried things that work for him and not for me and for me and not for him, but that's just the journey. And that's a really fun part of the journey. So try some taboo stuff. Nothing wrong with that. I agree. And for me, one of the things that shocked me was that when we were younger, you'd hear stories like where couples would be like, oh, we have sex on the weekend. We don't have sex during the week. And I used to think, like, that's crazy. I'm going to have sex every day, all day long, for the rest of my life. That's, that's the way it's going to be. <laughs> and and uh, life was like, eh, wrong. No, you not. Because <laughs> then you have bills, and we're running three businesses, and we got this, we got that. And, and then during the week, it's like, yeah, eh, nope. Rejection. Now, eh, no, rejection. So then it's like this double dutch thing where you're trying to, don't know where to jump in. <laughs> and then you get frustrated and then couples get resentful and back and forth. And so we had a conversation about it and it was like, okay, well, how are we going to deal with this? And the strategy was, okay, here's the thing. During the week, let's focus on our money. Let's focus on our business. And then on the weekends, let's have that time set aside, no second guessing, no double dutch. We know what's going to happen. Oh. <laughs> Thank you. So it sounds like be prepared to play double Dutch. Uh, but the bottom line is the weekend, it ended up being great because you can focus. And it's just like adult sex now. You know what I'm saying? We don't have to hang from the chandeliers. It doesn't have to go for three, four days. It's just you're on point. Quality over quantity. There you go. There you go. Uh, I want to thank you guys for sharing and be so, you know, authentic and open and honest. And I thank you guys for your questions as well. And I think if there's nothing you can take away, just remember the couple points, which is like, they do their own thing that works for them and they continually do that. And it doesn't look the same. You, you add a little bit more ingredients to the cake. You, keep, you bake it, you put it back in the oven and you're going to keep doing that to keep your relationship working. So whether you're single whether you are in the courtship phase, keep that in mind. And for your single friends, for those of you who are in relationships, the best gift that you can give them is encouraging them to make a cake that's authentic to them. Not, oh girl, I don't know, you know, I don't know if you guys watch Insecure, but Molly was showing Issa a photo of the dude and Molly or Issa was like, his daddy's cute, show me him, you know. And, and Molly's like, but this is him. And Issa's like, don't play, his daddy's cute. So, um, but again, you know, it was a funny bit, but being authentic to you, I think that part is so key. Thinking outside of the box, they met at a bar, she met on an app, matchmaking is thing that I think that our culture, you know, other cultures have been using it as a secret sauce for a long time. It's certainly, certainly something that we deserve to get the value from and I've seen many beautiful black couples and, and marriages and babies come as a result of utilizing a matchmaker, but utilize whatever tool may work for you and if you're already in that relationship certainly um continue to build your own cake and nurture your own cake so thank you guys again go to devon on dating devon with a y.com if you're single you can be in our free matchmaking pool um and we'll certainly be around if you have questions afterwards but i think it's good thank you thank you